Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Such a Lady, and I'm your host, Siobhan. If you are stumbling upon us, thanks for stopping by. We hope you stay for a while and join our toxic family to ourselves. Thank you guys for tuning back in each week. I definitely appreciate and love you guys more than you know. Um, yesterday, we had dinner over to the house, and my nephew was talking to me, and he was like, Amy. I was like, what? And Desmond is so, he's super cool. He's a little entrepreneur, and he really is. He was like, Amy, I have a podcast. I was like, do you really? He was like, yeah. I was like, why come you didn't tell nobody? He was like, because I was trying to get it together, you know, work on it. And I was like, well, kudos to you. He was like, do you think that you could, you know, do a shout out on your podcast? And I was like, I absolutely can. And so I said, what's the name of your podcast? And he said that it's called the Sports Donut Podcast on Spotify by Desmond Jackson. So if y'all like sports, y'all get a chance. Y'all go follow my nephew. I'm super proud. And he's super proud of you. Desmond is an amazing kid. And I can't wait to see what all God has in store for you. You are an amazing, amazing kid. And I can't wait to check out your podcast. Um, This week's Such a Lady is Janae Marler. And I'm sorry if I messed that up. I apologize. Um, Hopefully I got it right, though. Hopefully I did. But if I didn't, I apologize. Um, But... Thank you for being this week's such a lady. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being you. Thank you for um, being transparent. Just thank you for being an amazing such a lady. Um, Couldn't do it without y'all. Couldn't do it without you. So thank you guys um, for just being you. All right, let's get into it. Um, this week's toxic love story gone wrong starts with a lady named Candace. Now, Candace met and married Pat Montgomery, and they were a nice couple. They had two children, and Pat was a um, electric engineer who brought home a nice paycheck because Candy was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, sis didn't work, um, and they wasn't struggling. So, yeah, Pat, Pat was, he was he was doing okay for herself. Um, the couple attended church regularly, and they were even involved with a lot of the church's activities. Um, it was at church that Candy and Pat met another couple named Betty and Alan Gore. Now, the two couples would go on to become um, good friends. Both ladies were known for being active in the PTA and would always volunteer, sometimes being the first to volunteer. You know what I'm saying? Don't (laughs) slow down, Susie, homemaker. Um, Both couples had daughters around the same age. And the two would often stay over to each other's house. So it did appear that the two families were close. Or at least they trusted one another because I'm not letting my kid go over someone's house. I don't know. You know what I mean? But that's just me. Um, that's that's my personal opinion. Um, Betty was a school teacher and Candy was a stay-at-home mom. Both very 
well respected in their own field because being at a, being a stay at home mom is not for the weak at heart. At heart, it's not at all. Like you don't never get no days off. Like never. Like you don't never get off. You always at work. It, always at work. Even when your husband come home from work, you still at work. You know what I mean? Unless the kids go on vacation, but you probably going with them. So you always at work. So yeah, shout out to my stay at home moms because y'all don't get enough credit. I love y'all. Hang in there. Um, <laughs> I'm being serious, but Candy started getting lonely and bored with her life being the stay at home mom. So she decides that, hey, look, it's time to spice things up. Now, instead of Candy going on a shopping spree or getting a mommy makeover to add some seasoning to this bland life that she said she had, Candy said, nope, I want something sweet. And she wasn't talking about the candy either. (laughs) She decided that she wanted to have an affair. But she just doesn't want to have a regular affair. She wants to have an affair and and she doesn't want to leave her husband. And she also doesn't want to catch feelings. So she didn't thought about this. Candy been thinking. So she starts thinking, who could I do this with? You know what I mean? Because she didn't already realize she wants to have an affair prior to even finding the person who she wants to have an affair with. So one day while playing volleyball at church, her and Alan collided and this sets an alarm off in Candy's head like, maybe this is the one, maybe this is a sign. This is the person that I'm supposed to have an affair with. Okay, so so then Candy meets with Alan and she tells him, hey, look, Alan, I want to have an affair with you. Just like that, like raw, uncut, no chaser, just straight in there, straightforward. And friends will let her go on to say that Candy was just known to be like that, like just in order, like she got things done. Um, now, this plan can only work if, Alan agrees to do the nasty with Candy. Like, real talk. That's the only way it's going to work. Because um, Candy can say all day that she want to have an affair. But unless Alan says, okay, I want to have one back with you. Like, they can't pass go. They can't collect the $200. So what do y'all think Alan chose? What y'all think, house? Yep, you absolutely right. Alan did not get in his car and go home and tell his wife that that girl, that good friend, just offered him her kitty cat. Like, she just propositioned him for sex. And this is supposed to be our friend. We go to church together. Like, what are you doing, Linda? Like, you got too much dip on your chip. Like, you couldn't find nobody else that wasn't our friend, somebody that didn't go to church with us, somebody who our kids didn't stay over each other's house. No. She didn't, Candy wasn't thinking about that. She put a lot of thought into it, but she wasn't thinking about that. So Alan is intrigued and he wants to know more. Like, tell me more, tell me more. And Candy goes on to tell him that she thinks he's attractive and she's bored in her marriage. And Alan's like, ooh, me too. And it's kind of like, you know how you tell the story to somebody, they be like, ooh, me too. No. Me too, me too, me too. Like, Alan was like, he was with the stuff. He was like, oh, yeah, me too. I'm not happy, and I don't want to leave my wife, and I want to have an affair, 
and I want to feel good. You know what I mean? Like, he's like all with it. (laughs) So these two adults with children who are bored with their respective others and their children decide, you know what? In order for us not to be bored, let's have an affair. But it's going to be okay because guess what? We're not going to divorce our our, our our spouses. We just going to meet up. And when I tell y'all that they really did have ground rules and it was, it, it, it was serious. It was sat down and it was thought out. Candy said, listen, I don't want to leave my husband. I don't want to catch feelings. If we start to catch feelings, this ends immediately. Like it ends right where it starts at. When they would go to the motel, they would split the cost in half. Um, They would meet every other week on a set day. So this affair was very, very structured, which is very odd to me. But uh, I guess you got to have some type of structure so you don't get caught. Um, So they go on with this affair and they keep meeting and... The thing about it is, I don't know about y'all, but like for me, I just can't be having sex with nobody and not feel anything at all. Like, so I, I get that that's what they initially said they were going to do, not catch feelings. But you start having sex with somebody on a regular for a while and somebody's going to start catching feelings. And guess who it was? Candy, the one that said that she didn't want, the one with all the rules. She the first one to start catching feelings. See, bored little Candy catching feelings now. Now you ain't bored now, huh, Candy? So so Candy's like, listen, Alan, we're going to have to cut this thing off. We're going to have to stop it because I'm catching feelings. And Alan's like, no, like I'm still having fun. He don't want to leave his wife. He don't want to be with Candy, but he don't want Candy to cut him off. Because he's still having fun. So he convinces Candy, hey, listen, let's, you know, let's just keep it going. You know, why stop a good thing? You know, why stop a good thing? You know? Um, and so Candy's like, okay, well, let's, let's we can, we can keep doing it. So they keep doing it and things continue to go on. And then Alan starts catching feelings. But then Alan's wife, Betty, ends up pregnant so Alan goes over to Candy and is like hey check this out I'm not gonna be able to be with you right now because my wife is pregnant and I don't want to hurt her I know we've been having listen I know we've been having sex I know we've been doing this behind their back but she pregnant and I need to focus on her and Candy respected his wishes like Candy was like listen I hear you. Say less. I'm going to fall back. And she did. She fell back so far that she ended up throwing Betty a baby shower. Now, listen, what you're not going to do is be sleeping with my husband. And then he tell you that y'all can't be together no more because I'm pregnant. And then you throw me a baby shower. Like, what is life? Like, it's that is so ghetto. Like, like, just come to the baby shower, but you don't got to throw me a baby shower. You feel guilty? What is it? I don't like that. Not at all. So, Candy throws Betty this baby shower, and then Betty has the baby, and Alan is like, hey, can we pick up where we left off at? And you know what I mean? And so, 
Candy's like, yeah, let's do the that thing. Like, like, you know, you ain't said nothing to me, but a word. I was waiting on you. Like, <laughs> I was waiting on you by the door. Uh, I, she was waiting on his phone call. So they, they, they hook back up. They link back up. They go back to splitting the cost of the hotel. And, you know, eventually a wife knows, you know what I mean? Even if you only meeting up every other week, even if you not spending a whole bunch of money, so it don't seem like, you know, the finances that ain't messing up, you not buying gifts for her. A, a, a woman knows, you know what I mean? You know, when something ain't right in your, in your relationship. And so Betty asked Alan, like, Hey, what's up? Like for real, something's off. Like, just tell me what it is. Like, be honest with me. Of course, Alan's not honest, but the two do decide that they're going to go to a a, a, a couple's retreat to work on their marriage. You know what I mean? And so they go and Alan comes back and he says, you know what, Candy, I can't do this no more. I'm really going to buckle down and try to work on my marriage with Betty and focus on her and my two kids. Not that that wasn't what he should have been doing in the beginning, but you know what? He's a changing man now. He is. And he said that he don't want to be that person no more. He want to be a new person. He want to be better. And so he don't want to cheat no more. He don't want to be a player no more. So he, which, which I thought was funny because why do Alan get to make all the rules? Because eventually it sounded like Candy came in and she was the person holding all the cards. But then when Candy wanted to stop the first time, Alan said no, they didn't stop. Then Alan decides that they got to stop because his wife is pregnant. So Candy falls back. Then Alan decides he wants to pick things back up. Candy comes running back. Now Alan decides, okay, well, look, me and my wife trying to make things work. So guess what? Got to put you on the back burner again. So it sounded like initially Candy thought that she was running a program, but she wasn't. It seemed like she thought that she was going to make all the rules. But in the end, Alan was really the one making them because when he was done, he was done. And so once him and his wife started trying to make things better, he cut Candy off and that was the end of it. So Candy goes back to to her husband and they, you know, life is just set to go on. You know what I mean? That's, it is what it is. So one day, um, the two ladies, Betty and then, um, Candy agree that they're going to let Betty's daughter spend a night over Candy's house. And so which is not uncommon because, again, the girls spend the night over each other's house all the time. Now, Becky has a, a baby now, a, a younger baby, and Alan is set to go out of town. Now, Alan, is, he said that his wife really hated for him to leave and be gone away from the house. And I can only imagine, you know what I mean? Like the fact that, Hey, I don't want you to leave cause you my husband, but B then you gone all night. And then also I kind of feel like sums up anyway. So are you going where you say you going, or are you going to mess with somebody? You know what I mean? So like the flags was flagging and I can see why she was concerned. 
Um, But even in her concern, Alan decided that he had to go. So he leaves and he gets to the station and he calls to let his wife know that he made it there safely and he doesn't get an answer. So he gets to his destination and he's worried, but at this time he doesn't have a cell phone. So he has to wait till he gets to his hotel room. So when he gets there, he calls and he tries to get a hold of his wife and again, no answer. So he's getting worried now because like, where's my wife at? Why is she not answering the phone? She knows that I'm going to be calling. She's anticipating my call. Why? Why? So Alan calls Candy. Ask her, hey, you, you think you might know what's going on? Have you heard from her? Candy like, no, nah, I ain't heard from her. I did have to go over there earlier to get a swimsuit because your daughter, I have to say, I, I, you know, I had to take her to um, her swimming lessons today. So, yeah, I did have to go over there for that. But other than that, no, nah, I, I ain't heard from her. I, I ain't heard from her at all. So they get off the phone. Alan decides that he's going to call some more neighbors. So he calls two other neighbors and they go over to the house and the door is unlocked. They go in the house and when they go in the house, they hear this baby screaming. So the baby screaming, they go in and they see that the baby is in distress. The baby has clearly been crying for some time. The baby is dirty, wet. And so this, of course causes alarms there are already alarms going off because a why are you calling me to check on your wife b why is this door unlocked c why is this baby crying but then it gets even worse because as the men travel down the house and they go towards the utility room um or laundry room whatever you call it they notice that there's blood on the floor so they you know let alan know hey look it's your baby's okay and Alan's like, oh, okay, but but what about my wife? And they're like, yeah, unfortunately, she didn't make it. And so, you know, the police are called. And when the police initially get there, they think that it's a robbery. And somebody came in and shot Betty in the head. That's how bad the scene was. Um, after, you know, they got Betty away from, you know, the house and they were able to examine her body, come to find out she didn't get shot. She got stabbed with an axe over 41 times. So can you imagine that being stabbed that many times in your head that they think that you got shot with a gun? Like, I I can't, but that's sad. And then to know that while you're being stabbed, while you're dying, that your baby is in the other room. So the police are like looking like, who would do something like this? Like to a mother and then leave a child here like this, you know? So, so of course, you know, they think in Alan, but Alan's out of town and he has an alibi. And so they also are looking at this horrific crime scene. Like, it's blood every freaking where, y'all, everywhere. And it's hair in the sink. And it looks like the person tried to clean up the um, mess, but they couldn't. It was too much. So they just stopped. It was kind of like, they was like, I'm going to try. And then they was like, this ain't going to work. So then they stopped. 
they try to clean themselves off, wash themselves off so that they could go out because they got to leave a house without being seen, without this blood. And so they, you know, clean themselves up and they leave. But the police noticed that the person who was in this house and the fingerprints that they see throughout the house are not someone Allen size. You know what I mean? Not a not a not a big person size. This is a smaller person. So the police are thinking that this is either a child or a woman. And so they start looking. They're they're asking questions. And then they stumble upon this five-year-old who said, I went over to, you know, Allen and Betty's house so that I could see if their daughter could come out and play. And I knocked on the door and nobody answered. Then she said a little bit later, she saw Miss Candy coming out the house. Now, that put police on her trail because they're like, okay, well, why was you coming out of her house? And why come nobody answered the door for this little girl when she came? But then all of a sudden, peekaboo, you popping out the house. So the police bring her in for questioning and they ask her to take a polygraph test. She agrees. She fails it. Absolutely. Completely failed it. Candy Candy and Fail together a couple. Yeah. So then this 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 fail polygraph gives them reason to believe, you know, okay, we might be on to something. But why would she do that? Why would she do that? So then they start talking to Alan. And Alan is like, Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I can't think who would do something like that to my wife and you know he goes home and then the next day he calls the police and he tells them okay so I have been having an affair with Candy for quite some time and it 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 was it was pretty it was pretty you know nasty we got pretty freaky you know what I mean um we didn't have no business doing what we were doing But once me and Betty went to this couple's retreat, man, I tell you, it changed my life. That's what he said. It changed my life. And then I didn't want to do those things no more. So I cut it off. But I just wanted to let y'all know up front that I I, want to be a man about it and let y'all know that I was having an affair with Candy. And there's that. But I didn't want my wife dead and I didn't want nobody to get hurt. But... I'm just putting that on the table. So now the police have this felt polygraph from Candy. They have this confession from Alan that he was bumping uglies with Candy. So now the police are like, okay, now we know why she did this. Okay. So they bring her in, they round up and they say, all right, we finna arrest you. And they do. They arrest her um, for the murder of Betty. But here's the deal. Candy had a friend who was a lawyer. He wasn't a criminal lawyer. He was a civil lawyer, but he was like, you know what? Why not? I'll try my hand at it. Let's do this. So he agrees to take on her case and they say that it's self-defense. So here's what Candy said happened. She said that she went over to Betty's house to get the swimsuit so that she could take their daughter to practice as she told Alan. She said that when she went over there to get the swimsuit 
At this point, Betty asked her, are you having an affair with my husband? Now, Candy says that she tells her, no, I'm not having an affair with your husband. But then Betty snaps back with, but you were. And she's like, yeah, I was, but I'm not anymore. And so Candy says that at this time, Betty loses it. And so she comes after her and pushes her into the utility room and then comes at her with an axe. And when she comes at her with an axe, it cuts her toe. So then Candy's like, so now it's fight or flight mode. So either she gonna kill me or I'm gonna kill her. So they start wrestling over this axe and Candy says she gets a hold of it and she stabs her. Now, what I couldn't understand is, okay, you got the axe, but did you have to stab her 41 times? Well, apparently they hypnotized Candy and they stated that when she was younger, There was a situation where her mom told her to shh, and so that traumatized her. So Candy said that when her and Betty were getting into it, um, I guess Betty told her to shh, and it triggered Candy, and it took her back to her childhood, which caused her to stab this woman 41 times. That's why she did it. So that was her self-defense. So she... Candy is adamant about this. She gets on the stand. She's like, listen, this is what happened. We were having an affair, but it stopped. She she came at me. She questioned me. All I was trying to do was come get this swimsuit. And then she came after me. But then I'm like, okay, okay, maybe, 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 maybe. But what about the fact that you left the baby there? Okay, you left the baby there. You didn't call 911. Then on top of you leaving the baby there, not calling 911, you went home, got dressed, took the baby, they baby, to the swim lesson, then went to the movies and came home all while you knew that you had just sliced this woman's head open and it's a baby at home without his mama. Mm. So if it's self-defense, why didn't you... Once you were free, why didn't you go get help? Why didn't you tell nobody? Right. It's given a lie. It's given it's not self-defense. But guess what? The jury took four hours, four hours to come back and say, not guilty. Right? My mouth is just right. Not guilty. They said that it was self-defense. I'm like, what were how? Because nothing about that is self-defense at all. This lady was sleeping with her husband, had the nerve to throw her baby shower, had her baby over her house knowing that she was sleeping with her husband, then killed her, left her baby there, knowing anything could have happened. The baby could have died. Anything could have happened. No. But I get, listen, I just tell the stories, y'all. The jury said that It was self-defense, and she walked out of that courtroom to go on and live her life. Now, her and her husband stayed together. He stayed by her side for a little while afterwards, but they ended up moving, and they eventually got a divorce, and Candy ended up getting her license to be a therapist.
<laughs> Ain't that some stuff? You out here helping people and you didn't kill somebody and got away with murder. How about that? I, listen, y'all, that you can't make this up. You cannot. Like, you, like, she just, I, I'm speechless. And that's a lot for me. Like, for me to be speechless, I absolutely am. Because how do you do that and just walk away? I mean, I'm, I don't know. Listen, th- this story was crazy. It absolutely was. And, I mean, you know, she didn't end up in jail. And I wasn't there. But, again, like we said, it the math wasn't mad. Math and, and then, also, even if Betty did ask her, my question to you is, isn't it convenient that it happened when Alan was out of town? Right. Mm-hmm. All the times that you could have came over there, you could have went and bought a whole nother swimsuit for the baby. I'm sure you had an extra one at home, but the time that Alan is gone is the time that you want to pop up over her. And conveniently, that's when Betty asks you this question, and conveniently, that's when she attacks you. Okay, but she tell you to shh because her baby's quiet. But she was the one that was coming. It don't make sense. And I just feel like she got away with murder. And poor Betty. And I'm so very sorry. Rest in heaven to her and to her children. I wish them all the best. That just really sucks. Um, sad story. But if you are in a toxic relationship and you are looking to get out and you are looking for a sign and you don't want this to be your story because everybody's story ain't this story. Don't be out here chopping folks' head up with an ax thinking you finna be the one to get off just like Candy did because no, no. Before it even gets to that point, walk away. Walk away. You deserve more. You're worth more. And you can have it, but you got to let go of all the stuff that's causing you not to get it. And if that means it's a relationship, then you might have to let go of that. If that means that it is a job, if your job is stressing you out and it's toxic, then you need to find something else. I'm not saying go to work and and tell your boss, F it. I'm not saying that. Listen, that is not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you know that something is toxic, then take the steps to do something about it. You know what I mean? Because we can sit and complain about something all day, but if we're not doing nothing to change it, then we just sitting and complaining about it all day, right? And we don't have to do that because we are great on purpose. We were created with a purpose for a purpose. So you don't have to put up with anything that you don't want to put up with. So if you want to not be in a toxic relationship, you don't have to be. If you don't want to be a toxic person anymore, you don't have to be. If you need help, you can definitely reach out to us as such a lady and we can help you with the resources and tools that you need. If you don't want to reach out to us because you don't want us in your business, you can always reach out to the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Whatever you do, I just pray that you choose you and don't forget to be great on purpose. I hope you all have an amazing Monday or whatever day it is that you listen to this. And if your morning didn't start off the way you wanted it to, that's okay. Don't let a bad moment turn into a bad day. I love you guys, and don't forget to be great on purpose. I'll meet you all over at our favorite places, Such a Lady 30 on Instagram and Such a Lady on Facebook. I love you guys. See you next week, same time, same toxic place.